Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. Hello and welcome to episode 225 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the first episode of February 2018, and a very conversational episode between myself and some of my co-hosts about my recent trip to Tokyo. Now, before we dive into that chat, I just have a couple of housekeeping announcements to mention here at the top of the show. If you have not already done so, mark your calendars, listeners. Our seventh annual emergency broadcast is coming up on February 25th. If you've never caught one of our live broadcasts before, please consider joining us. In addition to broadcasting deep from within the UN headquarters on Monster Island, we'll have a chat room so we can interact with the listeners, special guests that join us during the broadcast, and we give away lots of prizes through trivia questions, and we are going to be doing a drawing too. It all goes down at 1 p.m. Pacific, which is 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain. And if you're in some other time zone, you're just going to have to do the math on your own. In addition to giving away prizes in the chat room, a couple years ago, we did a drawing for the broadcast that was pretty fun. So instead of having to answer trivia questions, you can send an email to emergencygiveaway at kaijucast.com and do so before February 21st to have your name included in the drawing. Please make sure you include your full name, your email address, and your physical mailing address to be considered for the prizes. And I can't announce exactly what it is just yet, but I can tell you that the big prize that we're giving away from the drawing is absolutely an X-plus figure. Ooh, right? Good stuff. So once again, don't forget to mark your calendars for February 25th, Enter the drawing if you would like your chance to win an X-Plus figure. And please, come listen to the broadcast. It's always crazy. It's always a lot of fun. And we hope to see you there. Next housekeeping announcement. I mentioned it in the last episode as well. But if you are interested in traveling to Japan with a bunch of other KaijuCast listeners and being led around Tokyo by yours truly, we are putting our next Fanvasion roster together. Please email me at controller at kaijucast.com and in the subject line, write Fanvasion. Once you get back to me, I will have a little conversation with you about what you want to do in Japan. And we'll have a Facebook group where we can get together and talk about stuff and really plan the trip out. This is a whole like sort of customized trip basically for the listeners. So if you are a listener, you get top priority. We already have a few people on that roster so far, so make sure you get your email sent out as soon as possible so you can be next in line. After the 10-person roster is filled, then we put people on a waiting list, and if something happens and somebody drops out, I then just go to the next person on the waiting list. Now, if you heard us talk with Steve Rifle and Ed Gojicheski about their new book, Ishiro Honda, A Life in Film from Godzilla to Kurosawa, they have been doing some events recently. And on February 21st, Steve Rifle will be at the Japan Society in New York City to talk about the book. And they will have the book for sale as well, in addition to having some other cool stuff for sale that is Godzilla related. 
I'll have a link in the show notes so you can check that out. Now, a lot of things have been in motion here at the KaijuCast HQ. And in April at Monster Palooza, we're going to have a pretty strong representation of my co-hosts and myself in Pasadena for that convention. Check it out. Me, Clancy, Jeff, Gretchen, and Rachel. Five of us will all be at Monster Palooza. We've already booked our hotel, we've already booked our flights, and we are good to go. So if you are going to be at Monster Palooza, or if you're down in the Los Angeles area and want to hang out with us, I will be setting up a listener party. We got a couple of months, so I'm not too worried about it right now. But the listener parties we've had so far in Pasadena have been really fun, and I definitely am going to continue that tradition. So in addition to the Kaiju cast being there, they're also welcoming Ben Furuya, who played Ultraman in the original 1966 series, Sutomo Kitagawa, who played Godzilla in most of the Millennium series that takes place from 1999 to 2004, and artist extraordinaire Shinji Nishikawa will be there. He is amazing, such a great guest to have at these conventions. He does these awesome pieces of artwork. It's just fantastic. Monster Palooza is fantastic, in fact. Anyway, so mark your calendars for those things. Make sure you join us for all of that stuff. And I think it's time to talk about Japan, so we'll just play a quick song and then get right to the chat. So, hey, guys, I just got back from Japan. Woo! And, uh, oh, so. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Gretchen mm-hmm. and Rachel mm-hmm. and Clancy. Hey. <laughs> I like how everybody else said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Anyway, I just got back from Japan earlier this week, and so I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about the trip with you guys, especially since out of everyone in this room, we've all been to Japan, except for Rachel. But Rachel mm. wants to go. Yeah, really bad. Real bad. So maybe you can go on some trip that I go on. I'd love to show you around Japan sometime. I'm hoping so. I, ideally, that would be the way to go because I yeah. would be nervous about just not knowing where to go and being in a foreign place. And I get a lot of anxiety about getting lost. Oh. So well, going with news. someone who knows where they're going would be perfect. I did not get lost once in oh, this trip. Oh, man. Same. That sounds Wild like trip. a dream world to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the worst thing that happened to me is I got on the wrong subway train i've done that a thousand times just in town yeah so (laughs) (laughs) on the same you know same in japan yeah so yeah so uh it was just a a real quick trip for me i was only there for like 10 days in total actually nine days but we'll get to that in a second i was there for work and i work as a graphic designer for a sporting goods company so i was there helping out with the japanese line of products and basically trying to create all of my graphics in one week, as opposed to like the big, long process of sampling, which takes place over months, generally speaking. So luckily for me, my bosses said, that sounds like a good idea. And I said, please let me be productive and efficient. And they let me go over and I did a kick-ass job at the actual work, but I worked hard and then I played hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went out and hang out with my friends at night. It was a blast. I had a, just a, a real fun time. Also, this was one of those trips where I was uh, 
not there really to spend money. I did, of course, spend some money, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But uh, overall, like I kind of made this like my cheapest trip yet, I guess I could say. And I think I probably did. I took less than $600 in cash over there with me. That's pretty good. Actually, I think I literally walked into the country with $200 in the <laughs> like 200 US oh, yeah. dollars. Because uh, the deal is like, I don't like to get a whole bunch of cash up front. I just like to get a little bit of cash, get it changed at the airport, and then use the ATMs to get money out of my account. Oh, okay. I was talking to somebody before the trip. And they were under the impression that you could get out less than $100 from the ATMs and the 7-Elevens. Hmm. And I am here to tell you, listeners and future Japan visitors, that is not the case. Oh. The denominations that you can get money out of are $100, $200, and $300 in that sort of Japanese conversion where I say $100 US is 10,000 yen, which is not an exact conversion. For anybody that cares. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, like anyway, so that's what I like to do. I like to just get money out on the fly and then just use my cash. But I'm at the point right now, this is my 2011, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. This is my seventh trip to Japan as an adult. A very immature adult. <laughs> <laughs> immature adult. Uh, so I like immature adult. I like that too. Adult's yeah. good too. I'm, adult. I'm, immature I'm adult. a adult. So uh, I'm just kind of curious, like, did you see any of the cool pictures that I posted while I was on my trip? I saw yep. all the cool pictures that you posted. And was like, oh, my God. I got to go to work today. And it's over in Japan. Right. Yeah. I was definitely living vicariously through your trip photos, which I always appreciate that you post a lot of. So that I can see them because I always like to. Well, thank you. But um, well, thank but, you yeah. very much. And I like to see which kaiju you see, like just out and about in like advertisements or yeah. just you know, of course, love seeing all the toys too. But um, it is cool when you are just walking around. And you're like, oh, there's a gigantic Ultraman Taro on that oh, building. For yeah, no I'm just like, know. I feel in like Shibuya. I just cry a lot. In Shinjuku, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, I was in Shinjuku, like yeah. near Fire, um, like Fire Island or what's it called? That area it's called. Fire station. I don't know what that one is. There's like a neighborhood of, in Shinjuku that had that advertised that there was like a cell phone one that mm -hmm, had mm -hmm. Ultraman Taurus yeah. on it. This so yeah, good. Taro was like right in front of the the street that leads up to the Godzilla Hotel. Oh, cool. Time, yeah. I didn't go far enough. Uh, well, I mean, it's, nice. I mean, literally, <laughs> we're talking about a billboard on the side of a yeah. uh, building. It doesn't really matter that much. Um, I, now, did you cool. guys, did I tell you the story of what happened on my way out to Japan this time? This was a first for me. I've I not only, heard the I story. The yeah, I only learned it from the little bits and pieces of the. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, my flight is supposed to take off at 1230, which it pretty much does. And we get three hours into the flight from Portland. It's about a nine hour flight to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. So we get three hours in and then I'm in the middle of like watching something, not paying attention to anything except what I'm watching. And then all of a sudden I hear the, the captain come over the loudspeaker and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you just realized we've turned around and are heading back to Seattle. Mm -hmm. And, and like the whole time he's talking about this, I'm like, just waiting. <laughs> He's going to say, I'm kidding at any uh, point in this conversation. No. And it never comes. And uh, oh. what ended up happening was there was a piece of equipment on the plane that was malfunctioning. And during the flight, the announcement that he made, he said something about it talking 
to Russian airspace. (laughs) And so, or the only thing I can assume is that that means there's a little piece of equipment on the plane that says, hey, Russian airspace, we are a passenger plane. Please don't shoot us down. And that was malfunctioning. Uh, But, you know, part of this is just creating good audio. So I don't know if for sure if that was really the case, but it's just my imagination says that's what it was. Mm. And so, you know, if it if it comes down to getting to Japan on time and potentially getting shot out of the sky by Russian <laughs> missiles <laughs> or have, having a day delay, I think I'm OK with having the day delay. <laughs> but that's what happened. We turned around, went to Seattle and had to spend the night in Seattle. Wow. Thankfully, I have some awesome friends that I got to chill with for the evening. David and Keith, shout out. They were awesome. And then I left the next morning and headed to Japan. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate. At least you got to yeah hang out with some friends, but man, that would be so disappointing. Yeah. It's like, oh man, because already you have limited time that you're going to be there, and yep. you want to be there so <laughs> bad. That, yep. Uh, and if, if anybody knows the way I work, I overplan like crazy. Right. So uh, when I found out that we were turning around, I had to immediately use their Wi-Fi for messaging stuff. And I was like, okay, so I'm sending a message to my friend G Okamoto from X plus. Sorry, I won't be able to have dinner with you tonight. I'm unfortunately heading back to the United States for an evening. And then uh, Yuriko who helped me get a ticket for an event. That's sort of like the worst part about it is like missing out on the two sort of events that I was hoping to go to. One was dinner with my friend G and the other one was this Godzilla versus Destroy event that was happening at mm. Loft Plus One. Oh, no. I know. Yeah. Like, I was looking, really looking forward to that because I've seen so many things happen at Loft Plus One throughout my adult life as a kaiju fan. Sort of, you know, seeing this stuff happen in Japan. I'm like, sweet, I get to go to a Loft Plus One event. And uh, I missed it. <laughs> I missed Darn it. it. The event started at uh, noon. And our flight arrived at 1.30 in the afternoon. And I was like, well, there's no way I'm getting from Narita to Shibuya (laughs) (laughs) or Shinjuku in that amount of time. So, Mm. yeah, it was a bummer. But uh, in the long run, I, I, you know, made the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I did get to Japan safe and sound on Saturday. It did take like almost four hours to get from landing to my Airbnb. So it was like five o'clock when I finally got there and I told my friend Shigeko, okay, I'm going to go meet you at Nakano right now. But yeah, long time, Mm. long time. So if you're going to Japan, just be aware of that. It's (laughs) first up, Tokyo is not where the Narita airport is. It's about an hour and a half away. Then you also, of course, have to go through the entire immigration and customs process. So they, you have to go through lines and get your bags and they might check your bags. I've actually been really lucky. They haven't checked my bags for a couple of years now. That is one thing that I noticed when I went last time is that it's like you feel like you have all the time in the world when you're looking at that ticket. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you need to schedule out if listeners are going to make a trip that you need to schedule out like six hours of downtime. Right. Yeah. But man, when you sit there and go, oh, I got an hour, that hour will be eaten up (laughs) real fast. So it's just like. Uh, with all the, again, the customs, and even if you don't get your bag checked, it's just like there's yeah. all these realities that are in the world right now that make it take some time. So just they just cause know confusion that. and delay, yeah. confusion and delay. But I mean, overall, it was uh, the flight out there, the real flight out to Japan was very, very pleasant. I actually got to sit in a window seat by myself, which was pretty great. 
Oh, that's nice. Speaking of, the reason I wanted to sit in a window seat is so I could shoot some time lapse video out the window of oh, the plane going. Cool. And it worked. It worked out pretty great, Sweet. actually. I shot a ton of footage in Japan because my plan is to create these sort of video logs, one of which will be like a travel day, part one and part two rolled into, <laughs> rolled into one. I was initially thinking I was going to release them individually, and I haven't done any editing yet. Um, I actually just got the footage off this week from those cameras. But the idea originally was going to be that, like, okay, day one would have its own entry, and day two would have its own entry. But now I think I'm just going to be like, travel day. And then there are some days, because I was working during the day, I actually didn't shoot much at all. Mm-hmm. It was just when I would go out. There's a lot of sort of like me talking to the camera stuff. So who knows how that's all going to play out once I get it in the editor and shuffled together. But I'm looking forward to seeing the footage that I shot in sort of a narrative form. Because right sure. now it's just, oh, I remember that. I remember holding the camera at my chest and like trying to be inconspicuous. Oh, dude, you want to hear something really lame, though? I was mega, mega, mega self-conscious about shooting video in Japan this time because of that oh, Logan Paul. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know anything about this. This guy, he's like a crazy popular YouTube star, like literally a YouTube star. Mm-hmm. Like he has a YouTube show and that's why he's so popular in the outside of YouTube, too. Let's just say oh, okay. that after this conspiracy happened, he was able to donate a million dollars to suicide Oh, really? I did not hear that. Wow. So, yeah, the guy's got some cash from something from YouTube. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, this guy went to Japan and he is young and dumb and really just very, in my opinion, very disrespectful of the culture and like kind of pretending that he was being respectful of the culture, but then he just turned around and do dumb, dumb crap. He reminded me of. Who's the guy who was in Freddy Got Fingered? Tom Green. Tom Green. He reminds me a little bit of a young Tom Green. How it's like that sort of absurdist humor, like, oh, look, I'm going to do something stupid. Obnoxious. And it was very obnoxious. I did not watch anything close to the stuff that he actually put on YouTube, but like I saw some super clips. Anyway, I don't need to go into a whole big thing on it, but he went to Aokigahara, the suicide forest. And, like, they shot, like, a video next to a dead body, and it was just, like, really, really, really insensitive. It's like... That's really bad. It was... It was... And it... So, because of that happening just before I went over, I was really quite aware of, like, how... I didn't want to be like, here I am in Akihabara, you know, I didn't yeah. just didn't want to look anything like that guy at all. Sure. Now I have a beautiful beard and he does not. <laughs> but, <laughs> of course. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I shot a bunch of videos. So I'm going to put it all together into sort of a travel log and I hope it's going to be entertaining to watch. The first night that I was there, we talked about food just like super briefly. I went to a steak place with Shigeko mm. and then uh, to this izakaya. You remember when we went to Nakano Broadway Mall and we just basically went into the building that is the Broadway Mall. Yeah. Outside of that building, there's a ton of restaurants and bars all around it. And last year, after you guys had left and Tiger and I were cruising around the city, we went to Nakano and I'm walking around the side streets and I walk up to this izakaya because it's got some Godzilla posters on the outside. Mm. And I was like, are you kidding me? This like... (laughs) Is there like a Godzilla themed izakaya here and I need to go check it out? And sure enough, I looked in the windows and there's basically 
any flat surface they've put up tokusatsu stuff oh, and so sweet. i was like up oh, marking this down on my list of places to go next time and so i told shigeko about it and we went from the steak place down to the sezakaya had a couple beers had some yakitori um and at the at the very last of it i was saying good night and Thank you for the meal. And Shigeko told them something like, oh, this is a crazy American kaiju fan <laughs> or something. <laughs> nice. That's what I assume that she says. Yeah. And they ended up giving me a couple things to take with me. Some like a uh, little laminated, like almost like uh, whiteboard things, uh-huh. but they're thin and they've got Godzilla posters on them. So we're going to add huh. those to the, the prize packs to give away. Awesome. Uh-huh. But yeah, uh, lots of prize pack stuff came out of this trip, you guys. Lots and lots of prize pack stuff. I was really happy to actually spend the majority. The majority of what I spent was on the prize pack stuff. So you're, awesome. you're welcome in advance, listeners. What I'm super jealous. Oh, after that, I went out. Oh, Travis. Travis oh, was yeah. there. So Gretchen and I have a friend. I w- was introduced to Travis through Gretchen. Yeah. And he was going over to Japan just before I was. And so I was like, oh, yeah, we should. Uh, I was like, when are you leaving? And he was like two days after I got there. And I was like, oh, dude, we should go hang out while we're in Japan. Right. How cool would that be? And so <laughs> uh, I invited him out to go out with my buddy and I, Tomoyasu. And I went to uh, with Travis to a place called Yamachan, which is a Nagoya style wings place. We had wings and uh, chicken on a stick and <laughs> lots and lots of beer. Lots and lots of beer. Big, gigantic beers. So it's just kind of like moto, moto, <laughs> like more and more. I think, honestly, that was why I have not, uh, why I did not have bad jet lag this time. Because, like, normally, actually, Clancy, when you went last year, what time were you waking up by default the first couple of days? I didn't actually have too much of a problem yeah. waking up because, oh, well, the reality is I was just so exhausted. <laughs> we were done with the day. But even what you're saying with the, because uh, we did the same thing. Like we went to that little. The hub. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy to say, but <laughs> British pub in Japan. And uh, the British just, pub chain. <laughs> There's yeah. so many of them there. Dude, they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen so many since I've been um, back. But yeah, just the fact that we all went out and just started having some drinks and of course, lots of people smoking cigarettes in there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, Old style bar. But I think that helped, though, just like you're exhausted. It totally helps. Your adrenaline because you're getting together with friends and doing something. Totally. Just focused. Yeah. uh, it, It helped a lot that to just sink right in. And honestly, I had more trouble on the return trip. Oh yeah. Just like getting home and trying to get back into a routine. I was, I didn't think it was going to happen. I'm older now. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I was a zombie for like four weeks after. Oh man. Well, I haven't had that problem coming back this time. Thank God. But like Norm, so generally speaking, and I say this because I've done it so many times, like I'll go over there and the next thing I know, I'll just be like, Oh wow. It's 3am. I am wide awake and I cannot get back to sleep. This time that did not happen I because I went out at night. I think that helped me acclimate. And then I was getting up at a normal time every day. And then a couple of days, I even slept in until like 7 or 8 a.m. Wow. Uh, That's so not sleeping in, dude. <laughs> I know it is for me. It's sleeping in for me. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. Even here I, in It the would States. be during the week, I would say, because of my work schedule, that would be sleeping sure, in. Sure, yeah, yeah. But 
Yeah, for weekends, I'm like, I'm sleeping till noon. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. Definitely can't do that if I'm traveling. <laughs> definitely can't do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I purposely set an alarm if I'm traveling because I want to be able to do stuff. So anyway, that I definitely would suggest that to anybody who's going over there. If you land and you're like, mm, I could go to sleep right now or I could stay out and do something fun. Go immerse yourself in the culture, like first thing right off the plane. That's what I would definitely suggest. Outside of airport culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of airport culture. Airport culture is like its own entity, I feel like. Yeah, I guess I would say as soon as you step out of the train. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you step out into <laughs> Tokyo. Express, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I went to, I went out the night before. Actually, I went out pretty much every night that I was there. The first full day that I had there was Sunday. So I had the morning to go shoot some stuff and I went to this big gigantic festival of festivals in the Tokyo Dome called the Furusato Matsuri. And basically, I think many, if not all of the prefectures of Japan are represented in this festival. <laughs> and you can get you can watch them dance and do their dances and do their festival activities. And you can also go get food. Which was amazing. Did they have their mascots? Yeah, um, yeah some mascots were there oh, for sure. Oh, man. So you would totally dig this, Rachel. Yeah. yeah. Each mascot, <laughs> like each prefect mm -hmm. has its own like super kawaii ne, like mascot. Oh, man. That's um, amazing. I can't think of it at the top of my head, but I mean. There's so many. Yeah. I mean, really, it is every prefecture. Some are like rice balls. Mm -hmm. Some are oranges, but they're like. Some are bears. Some, some are pigs. Boats. Some, yeah. are, yeah. some are conductors. That's some awesome. are old school feudal era Japanese people, but yeah. cute cool. little cartoon versions of them. Nice. Uh, I totally dig that. But yeah, so we, we went to this thing, Furusato Matsuri. I went with my friend Yuriko, who helps me out, all, like doing all sorts of stuff in Japan. And uh, we basically just ate our way through there. We, we watched some performances and then I was like, let's go down on the floor. It was so packed that you had to do this sort of like shuffle walk. <laughs> like so many people were Whoa. there that I was wow. like, oh, my God, it's going to take me so long to get to that thing over there. Mm. You know, and it is literally shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Lady Kyle would have hated it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not good if you weren't a fan of crowds. <laughs> But it was really good. I mean, the experience itself was absolutely worthwhile. I think it was maybe like, I think it was less than 20 bucks to get in. And the ability to see all of these festivals from all over Japan was just super rad. When we got there, one of the ones, I don't remember where it's from, but they have a gigantic, huge sculpture sort of float thing. I mean, this thing is like 60 feet tall. And it lights up and it's just really beautiful. And they have a whole bunch of people carrying it from down below. I think it's supposed to be like two tons. Wow. But they have enough people carrying it so that they distribute the weight. It's really, really impressive. And that's like, uh, if this happens around the same time, it's the mid-January festival. at the And it's at the Tokyo Dome. Mm. Which, um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there <laughs> talking with my friends and I'm like, I don't know if I've ever been to the Tokyo Dome before. And then remembering Gamera 1995's movie where they trapped the Gauss in the Tokyo Dome, I foolishly said, this has the retractable roof? <laughs> and then everybody just looks at me and goes, no. <laughs> I've been lied to by a kaiju movie. Oh my goodness. 
I mean, I should have known better, right? Like, <laughs> sci-fi I movies lie to us all real. the time. Yeah. I totally thought it was real. I mean, they, <laughs> that was a good they had newspaper articles in the <laughs> in the movie. I figured right. they were real. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, so apparently the Tokyo Dome does not retract. Dang. It does have <laughs> a special feature about the air and the way that the roof is up, but it has nothing to so, do with the part that closes. But no catching well, Gauss in there. So, right. No catching say, Gauss. What's Tokyo going to do when Gauss shows up? Yeah, I what mean, I should have said is, oh, uh, it does. that's because Gamera destroyed it and you had to rebuild it. Oh, in right. Right? Right. 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 That's how it worked? That makes the most exactly. sense. Yeah. I think it makes the most sense, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, that was my Sunday. You know, I basically went to this big festival and it had a ton of fun. And then... Um, um, uh, the next day, that's Monday morning. That's actually when I went to the Godzilla hotel and checked out the Godzilla store, which I'm here to tell you as a hardcore collector, I think it's pretty cool, but is that not something that I think I need stuff from, right? Like, so it's not, I don't go, Oh my God, the official Godzilla store. I can't wait to buy all those figures, right? I've already got all those figures that mm. they have there. Mm. Uh, it's for the general public. And I think it's super, super awesome that there is an official Godzilla store because there have been official Ultraman stores for so many years. And Toho is finally catching up. And to be perfectly honest, the stuff they had at that store was pretty rad. Mm. They had uh, two props on display. They had like a Biolante form, like a rose form. Ooh. Yeah, like a, cool. a maquette on display. And one of the Mazer tanks from the Heisei era. Oh, you know, nice. That was like right there. That's just awesome. Literally under a glass case as you walk in. I was like, oh, that's rad. Sweet. So was that on the ground floor? Yeah, it's all just on the ground floor. It's like little, it's called an annex. The building is mm. the is an annex, but they've got just like, I think right when you walk in, it's on the left-hand side, and the, I think there's like a Hello Kitty store right next to it, but it's all mm. part of the Shinjuku Marui annex. Mm. Uh, Did they have the um, dishware we've been discussing since Godzilla's birthday? Uh, no. What? No, they had... Remember how we're talking Wait, about they Godzilla need... Godzilla dishware? Well, because Ultraman has his own dishware. Like, a lot of it. Yeah. There's a lot of patterns. But we and um, on Godzilla's birthday, we had an episode and we talked about how the what we imagined would be in the Godzilla store. Oh. And I was like, where's my dishes? Yeah. yeah. Was there dishes? They had the teacups. That's not... doesn't count. That's okay. teacups. Yeah. Oh, teacups are cool. No plates, though. no bowls. No plates, no, no bowls. No ramen bowls. No, no, no ramen burgers. bowls. And I wanted that ramen bowl because they did have a ramen bowl back in the day. The it, oh. on the bottom it says the what the prime minister says. Like I was, I was afraid of my noodles getting soggy or whatever. <laughs> like it says that at the bottom of the bowl, but they don't have it now. Oh. They did have those super expensive Sukajen jackets. Oh the yeah. So uh, I'm looking at the picture of the Godzilla and Mothra one, which is the artwork from the Godzilla, at least is the artwork from GMK's poster. Four hundred and fifty dollars, essentially. Forty five thousand three hundred and sixty yen. Wow. Wow. You got to be a big fan to want that. Well, I haven't hit that. I haven't hit that that. uh, money bracket yet. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not in there yet either. I couldn't bring myself to spend that kind of money, although mm-hmm. they are beautiful. Right. Uh, and I love that style of jacket. Yeah. I got, I got bad news for you, man. There's no, <laughs> I mean, that's where I'm going. There is no uh, way they're going to have one for someone that's six foot 
two or plus. Yeah, there's no way they have. Those. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. yeah. So I took a picture of one of me in one. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I put, I put on a double extra large, the biggest size they had. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I put it on, because the girl who was helping me was super nice, and she was like, "Oh yeah, of course you could try it on." And so I put it on, and as soon as I put my arms in this thing and like kind of, I didn't zip it up, but I just kind of pulled the lapels a little closer to each other. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" I can feel. <laughs> I can feel like if I try and zip this up, it's in, I'm in danger of ripping it. And so I was like, nope, I'm just going to, can you just take a picture real quick? Thank you. And then I put it back. Uh, (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Before the trip, no kidding. And, you know, forgetting about the me going over there with the least amount of money that I've ever done that with, like before the trip, I totally told myself, if I look good in one of those jackets, I'm going to have to figure out how to get one of those. Yeah. And not necessarily the Godzilla ones, but there's like four different Godzilla ones now. There's Ultraman ones. There's a ton of different options out there, but they're still all over 300 bucks. So now that I know that none of them fit me, man, that is a load of weight off of my wallet. (laughs) Like I don't have to worry about it. Right. But yeah, no dishes, no dishes. Unfortunately, (laughs) they did have some X plus figures. They actually had the Mm. sort of like internet exclusive version of some of those figures, which was pretty impressive. And truth be told, I actually was hoping I was going to find an X plus set that was just released right when I was there. I was hoping I was going to walk into the Godzilla store and they were going to have the Baragon Mothra set from GMK. Mm. And I was going to go, Please come home with me. And they were going to say, okay, Kyle. Come home. But they did not carry that. Uh, they had lots of shirts, lots of magnets, and lots of pins and buttons and books. Enamel pins? No. Technically, that's not an enamel pin. Yeah, it's not. Technically. <laughs> it's just some sort of like lapel pin. But yeah, I like did the... get two really cool enamel pins. I got these crazy keychains that have the neat. artwork. I love them. Yeah, I mean, I love really everything cool. I got from there. But I don't need to go into it all because the listeners can't see what I'm talking about. Actually, if you wanted to watch it, I should put a link in the show notes to this episode to the live video that I did because I did a live stream the first time I walked into that store. I was like, people need to know. The people <laughs> need to know what it's like in the Godzilla store. So, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I It's just one of those things where you did that when you went to the little pop-up store when we were oh yeah that's right time. yeah and it's like i watched the one that you did this time at that godzilla store and i know plenty of the listeners are from the same era that we're all from yeah i know there's some younger listeners too it, it's just so amazing to me though like the fact that you're just sitting there live streaming mm-hmm. you know I, yeah i would have rather been in japan getting to experience all that stuff <laughs> myself but just the fact that you're sitting there walking through that store and showing off all the little things in there to me that is still it's amazing That's that cool, right? Like I'm, I'm glad right people now. like it. I, I mean, mm-hmm. when I did that for um, the Godzilla Hotel too, when yeah. I was there in 2015, we went and I did a Periscope, which is the Twitter version. But this is before Facebook really had the live thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have way more interaction on Facebook than I do on Twitter. Uh, so I'm glad that that feature exists, and it's one of those things where I don't think about doing a live video ever. You know. Mm-hmm. I think for a a split second when we started recording the last episode, I was like, oh, I could do like a live thing right now Mm. if I wanted to. I generally don't want to do those things. But for something like this, where you're going to a Godzilla store or a Godzilla hotel or something that people just can't experience on the regular, I think it's it's a ton of fun. I mean, I'm 
I was really close to doing it when I went to the Kaiju Sakaba in Shimbashi because it was the first time I'd ever been. But that was more about just enjoying the time I had with my friends there. So mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't do that. But, uh, you know, the Godzilla store, it has a very specific reason for existing. And I hope it continues. It's supposed to be permanent. So I hope it really is going to be there for quite a long time because yeah. it's, it's amazing that people have a place to go. Any fan should be happy to go to that store, you know. Even the hardcore collectors. What were their uniforms? Oh, great question. Because I don't think I took a picture of anybody there. But um, they it was really just one girl working behind the counter. Mm-hmm. And I think she was wearing either a shirt or a jacket or something like that. You know what was the worst part about it? They had a TV on behind the counter mm-hmm. that played the same like 30 seconds over and over again. And it's the pop song from the Godzilla anime <laughs> movie. Oh. And it was like, not the whole song. And it was just like this one thing that kept going, and I'm sitting here like live streaming. So I'm not even really paying attention. And I was like, if I was working here, <laughs> I'd want to blow my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded so terrible, but a uh, ton of fun, really cool stuff. And uh, a lot of it, like I said before, we're going to have in prize packs for the live emergency broadcast. That was, so I actually did that on a Monday sort of morning. Gretchen, mm. you know, and Clancy, you might remember, stuff doesn't open early in Japan. No. No. Oh, that works for my schedule. Well, if you're like Sleeping me and you noon. get up at, yeah, if you're like me and you get up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., you're 7-11 out of luck. I don't even... 7-Eleven. Dude, there was a 7-Eleven three doors down from my apartment. Nice. It are was things, perfect. Are things open at four and five in the morning in the States? Because I don't even know. 7-Eleven. So, uh, yeah, coffee I mean, shops. Yeah, Starbucks. Well, five in the not morning. All, five? Not all of them. Gosh, my I store. Don't know. Anyway, wow. but the deal is, uh, instead of saying like, oh, well, you know, in the States, stores open at 10, right. 11. Yeah. Stores in Japan open at noon. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So it was just like lots of time to kill in the morning. Right. Really is now what, is stuff really is open about. late then, or is it just kind of shorter hours in general? Open later. Yeah, later. Longer. So I was wondering. Yeah. They're out later. Like kids don't get off school until like four o'clock, five o'clock. Mm. Dinner for their families are usually like seven, eight o'clock. I think I need to move to Japan because it sounds like they're on my normal schedule that if I had. To, you got to choose a schedule. If that's the only reason you need right, to go to Japan, that's the only reason. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have lots of reasons I'd love to live there. Uh, me and too. And I've not even been yet. So that was my Monday morning, and then I went to the office, and my, like the rest of my day, like I spent working, and then that night I went out with work people. The next day, same thing. I went out with work people after work. So I like I had like two days where I kind of didn't do too much. I think the only thing that I would share from those first two work days is like I was missing my dog fiercely, my girlfriend oh. too, but uh, she understands when I say this, so she's not going to get mad at me. But basically, I'm in the land of Shiba Inu. You oh, know? yeah. And so I walked outside of my apartment the first couple of days and I did not see anybody walking their dogs. And I got kind of bummed about it. Oh, yeah. So on Tuesday morning, I woke up kind of early ish. Decided to go for a stroll. And I was like, I'm going to go up here to this main intersection. And I'm just going to take a left. And I'm going to walk until I find a bakery. Mm. I'm going to walk until I find a Japanese bakery like the one we have here at my neighborhood called Oyatsupan. But no, I did not find a bakery. I just kept walking and walking and walking. And then eventually I was like, I should probably figure out where the hell I am. 
and see if there's a different area I can go to. So I, I ended up going off that main drag and finding a park, mm. at which point I found lots and lots of Sheba. Oh. <laughs> so I got to say hello to some cute, adorable dogs, which was always a highlight. Yeah, <laughs> Chips. Every time awesome. I see... It, like Clancy saw at the, when we were at the Daimajin statues and Chofu, this lady was walking her dog. And I was like, Sumimasen, Sumimasen, Sashin Kurasai. Like, <laughs> like asking if I could take a picture of her dog. <laughs> and then I'm always like, this is my dog. You know, so I'm uh, unbearable when it comes to not being able to get my Shiba Inu fix. But in Japan, I'm happy to say that even, you know, just stepping off the main drag really helped me acquire my fix. Uh, but that whole time that I was walking around, I never found a bakery. What neighborhood oh. were you in? Higashi Shinjuku. Okay. So it's actually kind of close. Like if you're looking at the Yamanote line, which loops around the city, it goes Shinjuku and the north of Shinjuku is like, I think Shinokubo and some stuff like that. It was actually kind of closer to those northern stops than it was to the Shinjuku proper stop. Because I was actually a few stops down from you if you were on the Maranoche line. Mm, well, I was not. Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> as far as references. Actually, you know what's funny? While I was on that walk, I came across a vending machine with Byerly's soda, orange soda. Anybody recognize that from the Mothra film? There's like a... Mm. Scene oh. where Mothra plows through a billboard that says Byerly's. So I grabbed a can huh? of it and I brought it home with me. That's awesome. <laughs> now it lives next to my Mothra figure. Perfect. And then, of course, that day, like I said, I went to work. Woo! And went out for dinner with people, uh, which was fine. It was all it was all good. We had a good work week, good productive week. The next day, Wednesday, however, was kind of cool. I went to lunch with a rep from Bandai, from Bandai Premium, actually. And we actually talked about their line, about this new line with like Frankenstein and the Gargantuas. They're going to be releasing a Baragon figure to go along with the Frankenstein figure, which comes out any day now. And I'm super excited for it. Sweet. He was interested in doing more kaiju that were not Godzilla, right? So Bandai Premium Mm -hmm. specifically, it's like they, I don't want to say they can't do Godzilla, but they can't do mass production stuff right so ma- that's why they're more limited runs that's why they've got the gargantuas as their first set that they're offering you know so he was looking for suggestions to which i'm sure i'm going to be emailing him plenty of <laughs> but varan's definitely going to be on that list bandai's never done a proper manda figure you know so mm. hey why not get to it while you can that's yeah. what i say well as much as i love the traditional bandai style Godzilla figures, these uh, premium, like the Gargantuas, they just look awesome. I mean, totally. They kind of look like little X plus figures. Yeah, that's yeah. what they I, do. Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I didn't, I'm sitting here looking at the two that you have up there sitting next to X plus figures going, I mean, from f- this distance at least, I couldn't tell you that they were mm, Bandai yeah, yeah. figures. They look really nice. Yeah, they do. They turned out real good. And actually, he brought the Frankenstein figure with him to lunch and it looks real good so i can't wait to get that man i'm like super excited to get that figure and actually the flip side of that conversation is that now we're going to have more frankenstein opportunities so x plus is going to finally start releasing Hmm. but they're working on it right now actually but yeah x plus doing a frankenstein figure is probably I mean, that's big news for me like bigger news than (laughs) than bandai even though i love this stuff you know what I did uh, in Japan? I went to a pet store. 
Oh. Not, not to buy a new pet, <laughs> but actually I went to go look for a toy for Hachi because um, there's this, there is a Japanese pattern that we really like. It's sort of like a classic green and white. It looks almost like a cloud pattern. And I can't remember the name of that pattern, but I saw <laughs> a long time ago, I saw a dog with a bandana on with that pattern. It was a Shiba. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I want to get one of those for Hachi. And so I did. And now it's like one of my favorite things to have him wear. So every time I go into a pet store in Japan, I'm always looking for that pattern because it's a very popular pattern mm-hmm. on something that I can buy for him. So I'm like looking around this pet store and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can pick up one of these collar things. Man, that looks really small, a little too small for my dog's fat neck. Uh, (laughs) His neck is not fat. It's love. It's full of love. Sure. It's full of love (laughs) disguised as fat cells. But but, I mean, fat neck is a term of endearment in this house. So in in all seriousness, I, I wanted to get him something like that. But what I ended up doing was coming across a display of Setsubun items accessories so cool so who in this room does not know what setsubun is i don't think i know what it is isn't it the oni it is the oni yeah but the the actual process is that you're supposed to chase the oni away by throwing beans at them oh and so the the mascots of setsubun if that's what you want to call them are a red oni with two horns and Mm -hmm. a blue oni with one horn and they each have a club, <laughs> which is very <laughs> typical. Yeah. So they had all this stuff that you could get for your dog to either dress them up as these Oni. Oh, my God. So they had like little costumes you could wear a little because um, the Oni also often have froze. They have like curly hair. <laughs> sure and why. so they had a fro that you could put on the dog with the two horns oh coming out. Oh, my God. And I was like, well, I think Lady Kyle would love that. And she would squee endlessly if I got him a little, I guess, wig accessory. <laughs> <laughs> what I ended up getting him was one of the mace, like the, the clubs, because it squeaks. And it's oh, like, nice. it looks perfect. He doesn't yeah. love it yet but the uh he will he will when Setsubun actually happens (laughs) i will throw so many beans at that dog (laughs) but yeah i mean it's a Setsubun is just like a fun like crazy thing i have an image somewhere of godzilla throwing beans at hedra you know when that when that was being yeah hedra's a demon man yeah (laughs) yeah he's a bad guy gretchen He's so cute. He's so cute. Anyway, so that was cool. I brought one of those things home. <laughs> Pet culture in Japan. It's booming. Fun. Yeah. Well, when Real you sent fun. me that text message of the picture of that display, I was like, oh, my God, you're buying everything, right? Yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to, but I, I waited until I could just get the club, the singular <laughs> club. Uh, I did see a few Shiba puppies in the um, oh. in the pet store. They were adorable. Oh. But they were also like eighteen hundred dollars. So Holy yeah. wow. I was like, You're so cute, and there's no way you're coming home with me. <laughs> that same night, however, is the night I went to Shimbashi for the Kaiju Sakaba, the brand new oh, cool. Kaiju Sakaba distillery in Shimbashi, which was awesome. It was really Is that the really place fun. that you took the pictures of the um ball tin, like stained glass? I saw that. Yeah. yeah. That looked awesome. It, yeah, it's yeah. pretty awesome. They have Bolton stained glass. I think Mephilus on stained glass. Um, They actually had a Kemmer Sajin like costume hanging off of a boiler looking thing. It was awesome. Uh, Plus they had a gift shop 
Which is where I saw the $192 Pigmon hoodie. Oh, man. Someday. Yeah, someday. Let's hope someday it gets reduced in price by 300%. When I go, (laughs) yeah, they can put that on clearance in my size. That'd be great. That would be great. Um, So actually, I had dinner that night with my friend Yusuke Miki, and he was in the documentary at the very end of the Hail to the King. We were in the Kaiju Sakaba in Kawasaki. And he was sort of the guy across the table. I think I talked to him probably the most. Miki-san and I have kept in touch since the dock, and I try and hang out with him every time that I'm in Japan. And so I got to have dinner with him and Sojiro Uchino, who runs Gotoichi Kaiju. We talked about that on a podcast that was from G-Fest a couple of years ago. And he's been working pretty hard on that. That's where the hometown kaiju, each prefecture gets to sort of like come up with their own kaiju and come up with their own story. Mm. And uh, I mean, it's a project that I have mad respect for. And um, hopefully I'm going to be able to get a little bit involved in it as well. More so than just giving him an Oregon-based kaiju. Thing is so awesome. Uh, yeah. My my monster Oregon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought it sounded like Baragon. So that was a ton of fun. They uh, actually Uchino-san gave me a couple of things that we could give away on the podcast for the emergency broadcast. I'm really excited to share the love of Gotoichi Kaiju with you guys. Oh, Gretchen. Hmm. While I was there, I didn't get any Chuhai. For the listeners, Chuhai are alcoholic soda drinks with, they're kind of like hard lemonade. If you want to like lowbrow it, they're hard lemonade. (laughs) But (laughs) like, they're great. Shochu. Shochu, not uh, not just whatever. Not just lemon. (laughs) Not just lemon. (laughs) So yeah, uh, I didn't have any Chuhai, but I did have a couple of those like fancy drinks. I had a grapefruit one from Kieran. And then I had. Uh, Did you a, have the pineapple one? one? No, I didn't have the pineapple Shoot, one. The yeah. pineapple one is amazing. So next time I go, I need to get like a breakdown of what the Chuhai like drinks are because oh, I yeah, actually yeah. did not see the brand Chuhai very much at all. Interesting. Like yeah. the silver can with the yellow writing? Yeah, but it says Chuhai on yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Strong Zero says Chuhai on the corner somewhere, but yeah. Did you drink Strong Zero? Mm, is that from Kieran? Mm, don't no, think so. No, I don't think I drank that. Strong zeros are like they almost look like um, what's that Italian soda one? Oh, Pellegrino. Yeah, they look like a Pellegrino can. Okay, like as far as all right like design. Well, I didn't. I will say this: I drank mostly in bars and restaurants. Oh, okay. But I just and then when I went home, I had I grabbed beers from the the convenience. Did you store, try the highball cans? No. Oh, see, they have these ones that are like whiskey sodas, like in a can that are just delicious. They're like a Coca-Cola tasting one. Okay. Or not, okay. not whiskey soda, but whiskey Coke. Okay. Kind of thing. Yeah. I just need to be a little schooled on that before I, will, I go I next I will time. teach you. <clears throat> or you should just go with me next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, by the way, if you have not been to any of the Kaiju Sakaba locations, I will say that Kaiju Sakaba Shimbashi actually had me feeling most at home. Because they had a Moscow Mule on the menu. <laughs> I didn't know that was your favorite drink. Uh, Moscow Mule is like my f- favorite drink with a name. Ah, uh, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just cranberry vodka, <laughs> you know. But the or beer. I mean, beer is always good. I'm always down for beer. But going to the Shimbashi, I was totally like, "Ooh, Moscow Mule!" Like uh, here at the Kaiju Sakovitz Distillery, what does that mean? Which kaiju had their hands in the vodka? 
And my friends were just like, what are you talking about? It's just a drink. It's just a drink, fool. Just order the drink. So uh, I also, I did have a good drink while I was there. They served it to me in the Bolton mug. Wow. And it had fruits, local fruits in it. So it was delicious. Did you get to eat the mug? I did not get to eat the mug. (laughs) Keep the mug? Yeah, sorry. Actually, I already have one. I already have one of these. You know, it's the same yeah, same I ones I have downstairs. Yeah, but yeah, I did not keep that mug. I definitely went shopping in the uh, in the gift shop, though. It was definitely worth it. I did have a um, twin tail ebby katsu sandwich. So mm-hmm. it's a, a shrimp katsu. Oh, it's shrimp wrapped in bacon, by the way. Oh my god! And then gosh. deep fried into a katsu style, right? Oh. And they cut it into pieces inside of a sandwich, and then they serve the sandwich. That sounds wonderful. With the shrimp tail at the end and a scoop of something at the bottom. So it looks like Twin Tail's head and the, the tail's coming up great. in the back. That is one of the best parts about the Kaiju Sakaba is to see what they do for these crazy, oh, man. crazy meals. Lots and lots of fun. I highly suggest it. It actually, this one is super easy to find if you know it's in the station. Because mm. I did not realize it was in the station. I'm sitting there like walking around Shimbashi with looking at my phone going like, where is this place? And then I ended up finding it in the Google Maps with, you know, when Google Maps shows you all the photos from mm-hmm. inside. I saw a photo of the entrance oh. and I go, wait a minute, that's not outside. <laughs> that's inside. I can tell that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I eventually found it. Shops. Oh, you know, what's funny is the guy who is managing that place was working at the Kaiju Sakaba when I went in 2014 for the documentary. And so oh, wow. Did he, remember I, you? he remembered me and I remembered uh, him and uh, it was awesome. It that's was cool. cool. Yeah. Anyway, I highly suggest checking that out. I feel like I've been talking and talking and talking. There's all sorts of things I could talk about. I mean, there's only a few more days left of the trip. So maybe I'll rush through some of it. I interviewed G. Okamoto from X Plus and I did that at the Tokyo office and he was in Osaka. We just did this video conference thing. It was pretty crazy. I had dinner with Shinpei Hayashiya. And uh, his clan, we went to an izakaya or a restaurant that serves food from Awaji Island. And so I had fugu, Oh, which, to be perfectly honest, I had never had before. Do you, are you familiar with fugu? No. Anybody seen the Simpsons episode where they go get sushi? Oh, yeah. yes. And Homer's like, ooh, I want everything. And he's like, what haven't I had yet? And he's like, what's this? Fugu. And fugu is the blowfish, yeah, and oh, it has a poisonous yes. gland. In oh, it. I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so because of that Simpsons episode, I think like oh. most Americans probably do know the word fugu, or you know, it's in the public consciousness. Yeah. So Hayashiya turns to me and he's like, "Fugu, okay," <laughs> and like because I know it's deadly. Yeah. I was there. It was a small part of me where I was just like wow, I really want to be a good guest and say, <laughs> yes, of course, but I do have a family to think right. of. But then I said, you know what? If I'm going to have fugu, Japan is probably the place I should have it. Take yeah, that's true. So I did. I ate some fugu. Did it make wow. your tongue tingle? So you wouldn't no, trust no. Uh, Hillsborough fugu? Now? <laughs> no. I don't think so. I mean, basically, I don't think I'd trust anybody. to. Do, I'd barely trust anybody at all to do Fugu. But I, I don't know this full, the full deal of it. I just remember like the whole Simpsons thing and that it's a deadly sushi. It could potentially kill you. 
but it was delicious. I mean, I had it cooked. I didn't have it raw. Oh, okay. Um, we had another fish, which has a really long name that we actually picked out at the table. They brought the fish in a box and we like pick which one and they cool. cut it up and served it. And so we had like three different servings. One was raw, one was cooked and one was like, you literally ate the meat off of the bone oh. and it had these crazy long, just like almost invisible bones. Weird. It was crazy. So like you'd pull the meat off and it was almost like a clear plastic comb. Mm. <laughs> Rachel looks disgusted. I <laughs> eat seafood. Well, so like, I'm like, no. Inside of squid. No. In, I'm like more that. disturbed about the fact that someone brought fish in a box over to you. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even uh, I don't even know how to picture that, but I'm like no. But I just just because I do not like any seafood. Okay, well so, I'm just gonna tell you right now. Food that I'm you super can picky you about. can absolutely eat in Japan without eating seafood. Yeah, but there's just it is everywhere. Like yeah. it's the one thing that I had trouble as a vegetarian trying to eat vegetarian is like seafood is in so much stuff. Right. But if you eat regular meat, you're fine. Yeah, I totally do. Take this chick to a yakiniku place. And I could eat fine. rice tried, all day long. You tried something new today, remember? I did. It was not seafood. I've tried a lot of seafood. I definitely definitively don't like it. But okay. um but I I uh, but I've not tried seafood in Japan, so I might be curious and try a few things. But um, I will yeah, say I tried... sushi in Japan has like it's so obnoxious to hear about when somebody comes back from a foreign country. But like yeah. sushi in Japan has ruined sushi in America for me, really. Sure, I can see that. <laughs> Rachel's like, I don't care seafood. Yeah. <laughs> it's more I mean, for no, everybody I, else. Maybe I'll yeah, maybe I like it just in Japan. Yeah, I wouldn't change my eating habits here. So, but yeah, I tried pork cheek today, and uh, we went to an izakaya. Yeah, and it. Uh, it was really good. Yeah, I would nice. not have ordered it myself. Gretchen ordered it, and then <laughs> she was like, "Here, have some." And Adventure I was like, time. All right, it looks edible. <laughs> and it, it, it was like pretty good. It didn't look like a cheek. It didn't freak me out or anything. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll eat it's this." Delicious. And it was good. It. it was oh, very good. I ordered the steak, the flank steak skewer. And Yum. yeah, and gyoza. One of my favorites. All very, yeah. When I went to that Matsuri, like one of the things I got was like Kobe beef on a skewer. Mmm. Yum. Mm. That would be good. Yum. Yeah. Oh, and we had the garlic butter edamame. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's good. Mm, All right, so let's talk about food. So I ate a ton of food over there, right? I basically had ramen four times. Nice. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I mean, oh, I I see. Somebody's jealous. What was your favorite? Favorite ramen? Yeah. Yeah. What Did you have a particular prefix? The first ramen ramen place we went to, they had a, um, instead of having chashu slices in it, (gasps) they had actual pork katsu cutlet. Okay, Ooh. I wondered how does that taste? Really good. Is it gross because like the katsu gets wet? And it's actually not that bad. I was surprised. I thought I was that it was going to get a little like more soggy. Could get <laughs> but I mean, bread. it's the it's not just the katsu. Obviously, it's the everything else inside too. Yeah. So it was super good. Plus, it was a little bit spicy, which was great. Hmm. Uh, that was probably my favorite ramen. Even though nice. uh, Hayashiya, after we had that big giant meal. He was like, okay, now we're going to get ramen. <laughs> so uh, I don't remember what it was called. Like, I want to say it was like Hakata, mama or Hakata ramen or something like that. But it was kind of stinky. And it was because of the broth. It's like they are boiling down bones and 
all sorts of stuff from mm. the animal. And they're getting boiled down into this broth. And it's like really tasty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like it actually Did smells kind of bad. I was like a little like a concerned black? that it was going to be like coming through my pores the next day. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just, uh, it was just, I mean, I can show you a picture of it here. Because I was wondering if it had like horse oil. I know that sounds misleading that like it sounds like I'm talking about <laughs> snake oil. Yeah. Like, but there's this stuff called horse oil. And uh-huh. they put it on ramen. And it's basic kind of like that black oily sheen on top. Oh, I don't know. That's I don't think it had that in it. I mean, basically I'm looking at this right now. And you can barely see the broth. There's just so much stuff on top. There's bamboo shoots <laughs> and like neggy and, kind of and uh, egg and cabbage and some really choice, juicy pork slices. So, yeah. I mean, it was really good. But I was also super full and I was like, are you kidding me? We're going to go to ramen now? <laughs> oh, and like, wow. they have like a like clean plate club kind of culture. Oh, like- yeah. But Hayashi's wife like wrote something in Google Translate and then turned it around to me and says, "You don't have to eat all of that." <laughs> I was like, "Thank you very much." <laughs> Thank that's you. that's really sweet of her. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, they, these they're the best people. They're amazing. I love them. Did she eat all of her plate? They. I think basically we all kind of ate about the same amount. So okay. I I in the bowl of ramen, the yeah. post dinner bowl of ramen i ate everything except for all the broth okay basically. that's wow, acceptable that's pretty good yeah and then i then i was so full yeah. <laughs> i walked back to my apartment from there it wasn't super far we were actually eating in kabukicho right in that area where the godzilla hotel is i, I only stayed like 15 minute walk away from the godzilla hotel you guys that's pretty cool awesome. and actually funny story one morning i was going exploring and i turned down a different street and then I looked and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually way closer to the Godzilla Hotel than I thought because it's literally right there. <laughs> so the day that I uh, headed back to the apartment from the Godzilla Hotel, like the last day that I was there, I basically knew exactly where to walk to get to the the shortest amount of time to my apartment. By the time I left that neighborhood, I was a native. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. <laughs> Uh, what else did I do? Uh, the only other thing that I would say is something that people should know about is that there was this Noriyoshi Arai exhibit in the Ueno Royal Museum. Mm. I thought it was going to be small. I've seen a lot of exhibits from Tokyo where it's like you just walk into a room and the room has a bunch of stuff on the walls, but it's just a four-sided room. This was a crazy great exhibit. It had tons of his artwork, both poster form, book cover form, and original pieces. I mean, mm. huge, huge original pieces. Some of my favorite, like, Godzilla imagery that he's done, they had the, like, actually, my favorite image he's ever done for a Godzilla anything is where it looks like this guy, the train biter. Oh, right? yeah. So it's like the 54 with the train in its mouth. And mm-hmm. Orai just did this. Actually, it's probably literally right behind me in one of these books. This just fantastically beautiful piece. They have the original on the wall. Wow. I was My cool. nose was this far away from it, you know. <laughs> and I was like, look, it's Ed Gojicheski suggested. He was like, you got to check out the Orai exhibit. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing to be able to see the paint on the canvas. Wow. So did they actually have originals for like the Star Wars or the Godzilla poster art or... Just reproduction for the Star Wars stuff. Yes, they did have the original. They did. They had the original pieces. And like, so we had probably about five or six paintings that were original Star Wars pieces. And there was a strict no photo policy. Mm -hmm. 
Although I sure did hear a lot of that chicken, chicken, yeah. chicken in here. So, um, which if you did not know, listeners, in Japan, you can't have your phone on silent and take a quiet picture. Like, Japan requires the chicken noise. The shutter noise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, you know, because they have a problem with creepers. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's uh, beside the point. This exhibit was beautiful. And it was really, really impressive. I took a bunch of photos and posted them on Facebook, so I might grab some of those and put them somewhere else. But honestly, it was totally more than I was expecting. And by the time I was like halfway through it, I was like, wow, I thought I'd be done ages ago. It was a really nice way to spend one of my afternoons. Is that a permanent thing or is it just a temporary, like like an exhibit at an art museum kind of a thing? It's just a temporary exhibit in an art museum. Oh, okay. I'm not sure how long it's going to be there for, but it started, it kicked off in January. So maybe a couple more months. I'm not sure. Gotcha. Uh, totally worth checking out if you're in Japan. Uh, I should put a link in the show notes to that so you can see it. But, you know, I don't really have too much more to share. That was sort of like the big send off, I guess. I did that like the day before I left or two days before I left. And then um, I honestly spent the <laughs> the rest of my time kind of filming so that I would have more stuff to do when I came home. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just need to fill my days with video editing. I did shoot two specific videos that will be edited. They're travel videos. One is showing people how to get to the Godzilla Hotel and the Godzilla store since they're both right there in Shinjuku. Mm. And then the second video or, you know, the other video, I should say, is how to get to Toho and Ultraman Town. And basically cool. the process of getting from one to the other and and back up to the train station. So these videos are what I want to do, I think, right? Like I would love to do more of these. Like remember when we were in Japan, Clancy, and I think at one point somebody was like, hey, Kyle, wasn't that mo- building in a Godzilla movie? And I was yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. But uh, the, the answer is I, I wish I did know. <laughs> Because if you're going to Japan and you want to see some sites, you want to go specifically to see things that were in a Godzilla movie or a Godzilla statue, I want to do these travel videos that don't just show you how to get to those places, but they also tell you other cool things that are happening in that area. So Mm -hmm. for Toho, hey, you want to go see the Godzilla statue and the mural at Toho? I completely understand. You should also know that you can walk through Ultraman Town to get there. And it's a pretty cool experience to see the Ultraman statue, to hear the chimes in the train station. Yeah. So all of that stuff is getting included in the video. And who knows, like, I might be able to do, like, one or two of these every time I go back to Japan. I think it would be a lot of fun to sort of have a collection of these things after a certain many years mm-hmm. that I could just, like, compile and say, hey, if you're going to Japan, check these out and, you know, yeah, that, show people how to get places. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea because, I mean, it is an, it is an amazing experience to just be like, standing on those locations where you're just like i am in the presence of something that i saw on film yeah it's a lot of fun but when you're in japan it's like yeah you you've got such a limited time unless you're living over there or something to be able to coordinate that because some of these things are they're not necessarily far but it's still yeah 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 travel Making the most of it. Totally. Actually, very beneficial. The same day that I did the shooting outside Toho, I considered 
going over to Chofu, where Katakawa is, and shooting in front of the Katakawa Studios. They have the Daimajin statues. Oh, yeah. Nope. Definitely not easy to get to. Everything was like, okay, you got to go all the way back to Shinjuku and then take a different line all the way back out to Chofu. And I was uh, like, eh, I don't have time for that. So next trip, I'll do something like that. That would be fun. I'd love to do it. Here's what's happening at Chofu. You go to the Katakawa Studios. They've got Jindaiji, the big temple with the Kitaro stuff. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. like... Those are the kinds of things that I think, I mean, if they go over well, if people like the videos I made, then I definitely would do more. The other thing it does is that it gives people a visual vocabulary. So like you're going to these places that you've never been before and you may not be able to read Japanese or whatnot and like look at something and you have a visual landmark. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it's it definitely makes things easier to map like where you're at. You're like, okay, so I see the Godzilla statue. That must mean I'm in this particular area. And if that's there, then this and this and this is there. I totally set up a GoPro and put it on my chest. Did you do walk? And I walked from the train station straight oh, down. Oh, cool. That does help people. But then I thought I saw a, she- I thought I saw a Shiba, so I turned the camera off, <laughs> and I went to go say hello, and then I was like, oh, that's not actually a Shiba, and I went, and I thought I turned the camera back on, and I went to continue the walk, and when I got down to Toho, <laughs> I like, was looking at my phone at the footage from the camera, and I go... Oh, damn it. I have to go all the way back and reshoot the last half of that walk, (laughs) (laughs) which I did happily for the video. But I was like so dead that night when I finally got back to my hotel room. I was like, I'm going to die. Anyway, you know, I guess all of this really is just self-service for me to be able to share stuff about my trip. I did have some people ask me if I was going to talk about the trip on the podcast. So here you go. This is that episode. If you are interested in joining me on a trip to Japan, we are going to be doing our fanvasion, which is where I bring listeners to Japan. It's a long, drawn-out process, and it's actually much more of a nebulous thing that sort of firms up as I get more people on the trip and sort of figure out what people want to do. But it's totally fun. Clancy went on the trip last year. He has nothing but awesome things to say. Exactly. <laughs> and... <laughs> 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 you have to go back. Just go back to the yeah. episode from the uh, Godzilla Hotel, man. I have said everything. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, so we li- I like to do different things on- when I go to Japan. So if you're interested and you want to go on this trip, make sure you send an email to controller at kaijucast.com. And in the subject line, write Fanvasion. And uh, we can get you information about that trip. It'll be in 2019. And we'll start planning accordingly. I think I'm going to close out this song with something from the Weird Bukimishu Society because I'm sitting here looking at a devil child from my photos where this kid had a Setsubin Oni mask on and gave me the little peace sign. It was super cute. Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, sign off. Thank you guys for listening to me ramble (laughs) and talk about my trip to Japan. Hopefully it is fun for you to listen to here in the studio or on your listening devices at home. Jamata. Oh, no, no, no.